Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that the Disney Wedding Podcast website has been completely revamped. So now, in addition to being able to access all of the episodes online there and see the slideshows of photos that go with each bride's story, you can also easily search through past shows by category, like if you're looking for all the shows I've done on escape weddings or all the Disney alternatives like The Swan and Dolphin. Maybe you want to know about vendors. I have a whole category of just vendor interviews reviews, and things like dessert parties, if you want to hear everybody who's told about their dessert party. There's also a how-to page that has direct links to episodes with my most requested topics. So there's an episode about how to do your room block, how to get your marriage license, how to save money on the bar. All of those are broken out in the how-to category. And then there's a resources category where you can find a lot of the information I have over on Disney Travel Babble, but now all under the weddings banner. So information about how to order a special cake for your anniversary or your wedding if you're not having a Disney wedding cake, pictures of all the different venues where you can get married at Disney and in the surrounding area, links to expert advice like my show where I interviewed Emily Post's great-great-great-granddaughter about how to tip and who to tip, and then my pages with photos of the standard escape cakes and escape bouquets. So hopefully you'll find this a really useful resource and something that goes hand in hand with listening to the Disney Wedding Podcast. And now on with the show. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Jen Finnegan about her wedding in Epcot's Italy Pavilion and her reception at Atlantic Dance Hall on the Boardwalk. And I thought you guys would love to hear about how she planned this and how everything turned out. So welcome, Jen. Hi, Carrie. Uh, Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I'm really excited to talk about your wedding, and I'm always curious to start off with finding out how you guys decided you wanted to be married at Disney. I've never really been one of those girls that's had their wedding planned, you know, since they were like seven years old or anything like that. I was just kind of always like, well, you know, someday there'll be a wedding or whatever. Until um, I was in college and I was bored one day and I was going around the internet looking for Disney websites and I happened to find the disc boards and I was stumbling along looking through the message boards and I discovered the whole section on weddings and honeymoons and it was just like, I got hit with a sledgehammer. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> and ever since then, I didn't really consider anything else. Now, when I met my husband, he has actually never taken a family vacation to anywhere other than Walt Disney World. Wow. So he was uh, totally on board with it. He was like, yeah, absolutely. It's his favorite place in the world, too. It just seemed like the perfect fit. We didn't really consider much of anything else. Right when I met him in college, it was right before I went down to do the Disney College program, and it was within the first year we were dating, and he came to visit me a couple of times, so it's 
an important part of our relationship in that way. And it was just, you know, the perfect fit. Oh, that's wonderful. So I take it that when you guys announced where you were getting married, nobody was super surprised. Yeah, well, we kind of like had an idea that there was going to be a wedding in our future. And so like the Christmas before we spent this time going, you know, we might get married in Disney just to like peppering the idea with our parents and our immediate relatives. And I remember one of my aunts just looked at me and she was like, if I can stay at the beach club, I will be there. (laughs) I was like, that's great because we're planning on blocking that hotel. It was not really a surprise at all. They were everyone was pretty much on board with it, at least in our immediate family. That's great that you had that kind of support. How many guests ended up making the trip? I think we invited around 115, I want to say. It's a little fuzzy in my brain. And we ended up with just around 75, I think, including us. Most of it ended up being a lot of family. We did have some extended family members on uh, my husband's side that couldn't really make it, so as well as a lot of our friends, of course. A lot of our friends are, um, you know, fresh out of college. So finances were, of course, a big part of that. Considering that about 90% of our guest list is from New England, we had a pretty decent turnout, I think. Yeah, I was going to ask because I'm always interested to know what the ratio of asked to actually attended is. And it's also a factor is always where are they located. So that's cool. It wasn't like everybody was just in Florida. They really made a trek. Yeah, we had a couple of guests that lived in Florida and a couple from out of state, but almost the entire guest list, I would say all but maybe like 10 people, lives within an hour drive of us now. So that was um, definitely something that uh, I was pleased to see. That's cool. And now talk a little bit about the locations you chose for your ceremony and your reception and how you chose them. One of the big things, because I knew that you know our entire guest list pretty much lived very close to us, is I kind of wanted to make a statement, I guess, with the wedding and be like, this is why we could not do it in Boston. This is why we couldn't do it in Massachusetts. So to me, when I was thinking about that, that just translated into, you know, having an in-park wedding. So um, we had our ceremony in Italy, in Epcot, and then our reception was at Atlantic Dance Hall on the boardwalk. And then for our dessert party that evening, because I had to have a dessert party, um, we used uh, the Lower France Pavilion. And then we also had a welcome party the night before at Ariel's at the Beach Club. Oh, that's great. So you really got a lot of mileage out of the Epcot area. Inside Epcot, how did you choose Italy? It was mostly because of guest size. We knew we were, you know, inviting over 100 people. So we had to make sure that we could actually fit roughly 100 people or so, and that limits you in Epcot to the Italy and Japan pavilions. And I always think that's a little funny because in the pre-engagement days, I always thought I would use Japan, and then as soon as we actually got engaged, for some reason, I just thought of Italy. I don't know. That big kind of raised platform in the center, I think it kind of lent itself to a setup better than Japan, or at least I decided. And I also always really wanted an outdoor ceremony, so yeah. Oh, that's perfect. And then how did you choose France for your dessert party? Well, originally I wanted the Italy pavilion, again, the smaller of the two, not the big Isola. But because we got married in October, and that's during the Food and Wine Festival, that uh, section of Italy, I think it's Italy West is technically the name, Mm -hmm. is where they set up the queue for the concerts that they bring in for the Food and Wine Festival. So that's out of play for the entire festival. So we ended up going with France mostly because that was what of it what was available but i also you know really liked the fact that it was private and especially the lower pavilion is 
further down and further removed from kind of the main guest area. So I liked that it was kind of our own little nook. Right. And it's neat, too, because it's right on the water. I mean, Italy is, too, but you don't get that sort of reflection. Like, you feel like you could just stick your hand between the bars and touch the water kind of thing. Yeah, it was really up close. <laughs> we actually had um, we had one infant in our party, and I just saw them after the dessert party ended. I just happened to look over there, and she was not happy. Oh. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too loud. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now, I know a lot of people say, oh, I'd love to get married in Epcot, but the day just starts too early. So could you give me an idea of the timeline of how your day ran from, like, your wake-up call to after the dessert party? Yeah. Hair and makeup came at 3 in the morning. Wow. (laughs) Yes. I'll I'll never forget when we first started planning my future father-in-law. It was just like, maybe we can have the ceremony at 10. And I just knew. I was like, oh, God, it's going to be early. (laughs) But anyway, hair and makeup came at 3 a.m. for me and my bridesmaids and our two mothers, my mother and my husband's mother. They actually ended up finishing early, which was, you know, you're taught that weddings will run late and you will be late for everything. But they ended up finishing about 45 minutes before our um, photo and video people arrived, which ended up resulting in not really having any quote-unquote getting ready shots. So... Eh, you know, but if the worst thing you can complain about is that you were early, I don't really feel like that's a valid complaint. (laughs) So I just made peace with that. And so our uh, media team, as I called them, arrived at about six o'clock in the morning. We had the uh, men in my husband's room around 530. So they got to, you know, sleep in. So we did, you know, a lot of like putting on the dress and all of those preparation photos at the beach club. We were staying at the beach club villas and my husband's vans with his side of the bridal party and his parents and our videographers left around seven for Epcot and then we followed shortly after and we did our first look in Italy before the ceremony followed by pictures with our bridal party and all of that. The ceremony started right at 9, followed by more pictures, both in Epcot and then on the boardwalk. I think we were also early for our reception. We had a really weird kind of theme where we were early for just about everything. (laughs) I don't, like, I chalk that up to Disney that they break the wedding stereotype. (laughs) Um, Because we actually, uh, we beat our reception food being ready. Oh, So we had a moment to actually like socialize with our guests once we had like formally been announced at the reception. Our reception was 11 to 3 with a pre-reception before it at 10. Um, And then after that, we went back to the beach club. We relaxed and we met at the International Gateway for a dessert party. I want to say 7.30, 7.45. And then... um, yeah, and then Illuminations, you know, starts at 9, and we had our fireworks, and then we went home and passed out. <laughs> okay, so was it worth getting up for 3 a.m. hair and makeup? Oh, it was totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I really, like I said, I wanted an outdoor ceremony because the indoor locations, namely the wedding pavilion, just felt a little too churchy to me. Mm-hmm. It's just not my taste. And I feel like the in-park venues really are the only ones that offer you a certain degree of privacy. Mm. That was really the main selling point for me, that and actually going inside the park, um, both for the ceremony and the dessert party, because we had a lot of guests that didn't choose to buy a park ticket or anything like that. So it was giving them a little sample of 
you know, the actual Disney full rounded experience. That's cool. Yeah. And I always tell people it's one day of your entire life. I mean, I don't like getting up early either, but for my wedding, I'll make an exception. <laughs> exactly. So tell me a little bit, did you have a theme or any kind of colors or anything besides, hey, let's wow them? <laughs> <laughs> we um, didn't really have any kind of like set theme. We really just wanted it to be like what we love about Disney. We did have colors. Our colors were blue and green with, you know, bits of white here and there, mainly just because those are our two favorite colors. So we figured why not. One of the things that my husband and I both really love about Disney is just the history of it and, you know, what inspired Walt to create the parks in the first place and just his kind of mission that, you know, everyone's like a kid at heart. And that's something that we both feel very strongly about. So like in our invitations and our programs, we did some of like our favorite quotes from Walt just to kind of tie that in and just be like, you know, this is why we're making you all fly down here because this is why it's so important to us. That's good. Yeah, and things like that. We did have fast pass escort cards at our reception, which, um, you know, at the time when I thought of it, that was one of the few uh, like pre-engagement ideas I had. And at the time, they were still using paper fast packing. So it was, you know, a bit cuter. And I, only the uh, really diehard Disney fans understood what it meant. You know, that was something that um, I, I proposed changing it at one point, And my husband was like, but why? And I was like, well, now I have to keep it. Aww, that's <laughs> great. So then what turned out to be the most and least important aspects when you were focusing your time and your budget? Definitely photo and video because, you know, those are going to, last forever, to, in my opinion, um, as well as anything that kind of equated to guest experience. You know, I felt like flowers are going to die, and so I didn't really care much about my flowers. I guess kind of decor. I started out saying the decor was not really important to me, and I did not spend a lot on my decor, both at the Italy Pavilion and Atlantic Dance Hall. And then there was one random weekend where I was just like, I need colored linens! And it suddenly was just the most important thing ever. And I ended up upgrading for that, which I don't regret because it looked awesome. <laughs> but other than that, really anything that I felt like was only for me or something that I would only appreciate or that my husband and I would only appreciate, I didn't really feel like was important for our budget for transportation needs. Because, of course, when you are having an in-park ceremony, you do need to provide transportation. We just went with the, you know, fabulous luxury van. <laughs> for our whole bridal party because it just, you know, had four wheels and got us there. So things like that. <laughs> That's awesome. So what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? Oh, I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> you can only have one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, you can have two or three. <laughs> Absolutely. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, our first look definitely tops that list. We had our first look in the Italy Pavilion. We just kind of decided on that without even really discussing it. It just kind of seemed natural to us. And um, a long time ago, when we first got engaged, and I never even said this to my planner or my husband or anybody, I thought, okay, we definitely want to do a first look. Wouldn't it be really nice if like our parents and our bridal party and everybody that was there with us before the wedding, like these most important people in our lives, could be a part of that moment and yet still keep it private for us. Like, I just thought that would be really sweet. But then I decided, you know what, like, obviously these people are the professionals and we'll just let them do it. And wherever they tell us 
works best for our schedule to do our first look, that's fine. That's great. So I got to Epcot. I got to backstage and uh, my planner met me at the van and she was like, are you ready to do your first look? I was like, yeah, where's it going to be? And she just looked at me and she said, we're doing it on Italy, Zola. And I think my face probably, like, I think my jaw hit the ground. (laughs) It was just so stunning. And I just love that whole area. And as we walked over, I realized that all of our family and all of our wedding party was actually standing in the Italy pavilion. And then out on the Isola, you know how it's all separated, was just my husband and the photo and video people. So in a way, I kind of got (laughs) the dream first look that I never even told anybody about. (laughs) So I just, I decided that Disney must be, you know, psychic somehow. And I don't know. (laughs) You probably got it from your magic band. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) It was just the the whole time, the whole morning from, I think the moment I put my dress on, building gradually as I walked through Epcot, I just had all of these nerves, anxious, excited nerves, not like, oh my God, why am I doing this nurse? I could just feel it building and building and building. And then it was like, as soon as I touched my husband's shoulder and he turned around, it was instantly just this whoosh and it all melted away. And it was just the most amazing moment. And uh, my dad actually was recording it. He brought his recorder to the pre-wedding festivities. He recorded the whole weekend. It was actually kind of funny. And so we watched that later. We could hear them cheering for us and yelling at us. But I, like, when I remember that day, I don't remember anything. I just remember the two of us. And it was when we got back to our room after the reception, we just looked at each other and we were like, God, that first look was amazing. I do have to say one of the other things I think I'm always going to remember is we were pretty convinced that my grandmother was not going to be able to make the trip to Florida. Um, right around the time we got engaged, almost simultaneously, like when we got engaged, uh, her health just started to decline, and we were pretty sure, okay, that she's not going to be able to make the trip. And about a week before, she just decided, yes, she could do it, and we made the arrangements. Uh, I think the hotel was even sold out at the time, but I don't even, I don't know what they did, but they managed to get her room at Beach Club, and she was able to come, and she just had, I think, the best time in the world. My aunt kept pushing her around in her wheelchair on the dance floor, and she was just having a ball. And the um, lower French pavilion for our dessert party is actually not handicap accessible. And at the time, you know, we got the venues, we had thought that she would be fine with stairs. So um, my brothers and cousins actually carried her in her chair <laughs> up and down the stairs. And if you've been to Epcot and you know the area I'm talking about, there's a lot of stairs that go all the way down there. And after the dessert party, you know, after they carried her back up, she, you know, I just gave her a hug to say goodbye. And she just whispered in my ear. She was like, I don't want to go home. I just want to stay. This was so much fun. And that's just all those memories of seeing her at the reception, having a ball and just all the special time that she had is just something I think that'll stay with me for a while. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm actually like tearing up over here. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Aww. Well, then I feel like a real heel asking this next question. Um, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? Oh, sure. I mean, I, there's nothing I would say went wrong. Uh, there were definitely some unexpected hiccups, maybe. Definitely the biggest thing that comes to mind is there was a little issue with their music at the ceremony. Our planner neglected to mention, or at least that's what she said after the ceremony, that 
there's a bit of a delay in the sound system. We had all pre-recorded music that we picked out before the wedding. Processional was fine because we were coming in and I kind of noticed something during our, we did a wine box ceremony, we had a song over it. But the big thing was, um, you know, after we kissed and everybody clapped and we were married, there was no, like our exit music didn't play. Hmm. So we just kind of left. <laughs> It actually, the music started when we had actually, were at the end of the aisle. So it kind of played through for everybody else. Our planner said there was a bit of a delay and she forgot to tell us to just hold for the music. But that's not really, like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. There's like a couple other things, like my hair totally fell out. I had my hair down and curled and it's just, it kind of frizzed up like, um, Anne Hathaway and the Princess Diaries, before she does her makeover, that's what my hair does in humidity. <laughs> so it kind, it kind of expanded a little bit, or, but that's one of those silly things that I noticed. And of course, because it was October, early October in Orlando, so it was about 90 degrees with the crazy humidity, but that's what I get for wearing my hair down, so I don't feel like I can complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand that maybe you were worried about and then turned out not to be? a couple of things like I was thinking back on it and it, it seems like every now and then there would be something that I would just fixate on like I went through a week where I was obsessed with if the color of the ties were going to match the dresses and for our wedding party which is just such a stupid thing to obsess over in like hindsight the biggest thing I think was I was paranoid that somebody was going to miss the bus and not make it to our ceremony I had planned to write this big long letter about transportation and I actually ended up getting sick about the week before we left for Florida and I got some kind of crazy virus and I couldn't even get out of bed. And so a lot of the things I had saved, like our transportation letter and all of that for that last minute just didn't get done. And then that kind of just made me uh, accept that, you know what, it just wasn't that important. Everybody did make it to the ceremony. That's great. Um, and you know, everything went okay. Just little things like that that I did kind of in the moment fixate on. And then in retrospect, I'm like, you know what, it's fine. Interesting. Okay. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I don't really think so. There are a few things that I would have, that I kind of wish I could have done, but it would have been at the expense of something that I wouldn't give up. Like, I wish we didn't have to have quite so early a ceremony. I would have liked to have some time with my girls in the morning where we weren't all zombies or, um, you know, maybe a little later reception for a party atmosphere. But at the same time, I never would have given up the in-park ceremony. To me, that was just so important and so crazy integral to the wedding day. So not really. I'm pretty happy with the way we did do things. And I, I don't think I would change a thing. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great to hear. It's a ringing endorsement. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? The online community of people who get married at Disney is something that's really been important to me. I found this Discord's community about five years ago, and I had just been reading and reading so many of these other brides' plans and how they research things, and that to me was so integral to the whole process. Uh, like my dad, I'm, I'm a bit of a Uber planner. I like my spreadsheets and all of that. And I get that from my dad. And he even looked at me at the planning session and he was just like, how do you know all of this? <laughs> you just know all this, which is 
I took to be a compliment. I really just have fallen in love with this community. I've met some wonderful people there. And one, you know, one of the other reasons I really, really like the idea of doing a Disney wedding is it was so, like, everything was there, is it there for you. You don't have to research chair vendors if you don't want to. And you don't have to worry about a caterer and a baker if you don't want to. We did have an at-home reception afterwards because we had a lot of people that, of course, could not make it. And just comparing those two experiences of planning that reception and planning our Disney wedding, I was so glad we went through Disney fairy tale weddings because just the few vendors that I did research, like I did research my videographer and we went through an outside florist for our personal floral. And that to me was more stressful and kind of a glimpse into what the experience might have been had we not gone through Disney and not gone through that experience. And I credit all of that to this wonderful online community, especially the uh, Disbrides Facebook group. I love that group so much. Just being able to talk to people and get their experience, especially when you are planning from, you know, a three-hour flight away or even further. Definitely. And use the roots. I love the roots. <laughs> <laughs> Last piece of advice. Uh, um, yes. <laughs> So is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? Yeah, I have a planning journal on the Discords. I was I waited many years to start one, so I was like, dang it, I gotta have one. <laughs> I actually did finish recapping the entire wedding day as well as I started the honeymoon um, at wow. this point. Yeah, and I feel like I posted just about every photo. It was so hard not to, but we used a Nate and Jensie Root, and just, it was so hard not to share all of their photos. They were outstanding and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great stuff, Jen. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. I think you've offered a lot of great advice for people who are considering a Disney wedding or already in the middle of planning one, and I appreciate your taking the time. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide. Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com slash weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>